Welcome to another place in time Where one day you'll be dead or you'll survive Hello everybody, this is Dead or Survive and I am your host, Rob Riches. And I'm your other host, Cheryl Riches. What are you laughing at that for? <laughs> Because I was waiting for you to say something like, remember your name or something along that line. Oh, no. But what I am going to do is I'm going to hijack your survival stories for a second. Oh, boy. Because it's come to my attention that you do sucky survival stories where people get raped, maimed. Who brought this to your attention? <laughs> Me. <laughs> so... I have a survival story. Oh, really? What was for the pause? <laughs> what? Why did you pause so long? <laughs> because I thought you were going to continue your survival story. I'm really at a loss right now. I'm confused as to what's happening. I just told you, you maim and hurt people way too much. I don't do it. <laughs> That's the story. I just tell you about what happened. So, when Cheryl and I got together, she had two wonderful children, uh -huh. and one of them came to live with us. Yes. The one that came to live with us was the daughter. The well, daughter. I guess they're all living with us now, but anyways. Well, they, they have all had, well. Throat. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, anyways. She was a fitness person, worried about how she looked. I'm pretty sure that she wore a washcloth to her prom. <laughs> no, that no, that wasn't her prom. <laughs> Semi-formal, <laughs> yeah, whatever, <laughs> and all this stuff. But she also liked to bake, and she liked to bake chocolate chip cookies. She did. But she yeah. didn't want to eat them, so I had to eat them for her. This <laughs> is what I had to do. I think she ate some. No, that's what I had Listen, to do. I just I had... don't think she expected that she'd come back the next day <laughs> and they would all be gone. That's because I had to. <laughs> and I had to do this for several years. <laughs> and my stomach oh. would hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I survived. <laughs> you survived. See, that's a good survival story. <laughs> yeah, he would. Nobody eat, got made. He would eat all the cookies, and because she needed me to, <laughs> and then he would complain <laughs> that his stomach hurt. It was her fault. <laughs> I don't think that's. She true. didn't <laughs> want to eat them because she couldn't fit into those dresses, <laughs> and if I left them there, she'd eat them. <laughs> See what I did for her. That's your survival story. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. Did anybody get maimed? No. Did somebody survive? I suppose. Well, well, I mean, yeah. There was a lot of cookies. <laughs> a lot of cookies. I reeled in this week's survival story because I know how much last week's upset you. <laughs> it still upset me. I want more survival stories about eating cookies. <laughs> how about survival stories of sniffing roses or butterflies landing on your face? Hey, you know what? Just bringing that up. Let's talk about that, actually. There is a whole cartoon movie made about a girl surviving a prick from a from a, a, a spinning, spinning wheel. Spinning wheel, and she survived that. Yeah, it was made up and kind of boring. It made millions of dollars, <laughs> and then somebody survived biting an apple. You watch the most 
horrifying movies. Never about children. <laughs> Sometimes you Not don't know. Not a whole lot. Okay, but listen, it doesn't it doesn't bother you when you're watching somebody's arm get chopped off. Like oh, you're no. actually seeing it. Because I know it's a movie. <laughs> See, I know how to, do, to tell the difference between things. <laughs> if I didn't, that would make me like a psychotic sociopath or something, right? I don't know the difference. Okay. I guess I can maim this guy's arm off. <laughs> no, I know the difference between makeup. Okay, but my people survive. Yours die. Mine die stupid ways. <laughs> I, I think that's just weeding out the population. <laughs> Okay. Anyways. Anyways. I survived eating cookies. You are you we should get you a badge, a gold star. Maybe. <laughs> I think I deserve that. Actually, I want one now. You need to get me one. And I wanted to say I survived cookies. <laughs> okay. Not every one of those cookies tasted delicious. Most of them. Most of them. But not everyone. <laughs> I survived some bad cookies. <laughs> Should we, we talk about the buns that are downstairs on the pan right now? Yeah, those aren't for you. Those are for me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Well, are you ready? I am ready. I guess you don't really have a drink today since we're no. doing this in the AM. You got a coffee yeah. at least? I have a coffee, yes. All right. You got a story? I have a story. All right. It's let a, it rip. It's a tamer story for my extra sensitive husband. Oh, yes. I'm extra sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> I think we lost 10 viewers last week. I don't think so. I think, listeners. I think that people were like, cool. Nope. I <laughs> talked to some of them. <laughs> They're like, what's wrong with your wife? <laughs> I'm doing this so people don't call the police on you and put you in jail. <laughs> okay. The, she was actually on an episode of I Survived. Like, yep. <laughs> okay. Anyways. <laughs> I'm going to talk about Beck Weathers. Beck weather? Beck. Beck? Beck Weathers. Like Becky? No, like Beck. His name is Beck. Oh, his name yeah. is Beck. Yeah. What's that short for? I think it's just Beck. Oh. I think he came from money. I think it's a rich name. Oh. Yeah. Because all three-letter word names are rich people? It's four letters. Beck? B-E-C-K. It's not like B-E-C? No. Or B-E-C-C? No. Well, that's stupid. I'm just telling you. I didn't name him. All right, go on. Okay, so in the spring of 1996, Beck Weathers, a pathologist from Texas, decides that he's going to make it to the top of Mount Everest. Oh, I had a guy do that while he was trying to blog. That was like Mount Japan. Fuji, yeah. but same thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but this guy, he's prepared. He's done his research. He knows what he's doing. He's actually an avid climber, and he's he's been climbing for years. And he's on a mission to reach the seven summits. So what is the summons? seven summits, you might ask? Nope, I know what they were. <laughs> what are they then? <laughs> They're the seven different plateaus of Mount Fuji that people have to try to climb to the top of. No, not, yep. at, all. <laughs> not at all. Not even close. <laughs> they were. First of all, I'm talking about Everest, not Fuji. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I should really listen to your stories. <laughs> right. I tune them out because they're always horrific. <laughs> The seven summits—it's like a badge of honor for climbers. It involves reaching the top of the tallest mountain on each continent. So there's only seven continents. Yes, I thought there was ten. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I 
carrying on. I failed geography. <laughs> he's already done several of these summits at the expense of his marriage because he's spending more time in the mountains than with his family. Beck didn't know it yet, but his wife was planning on divorcing him once he returned from Everest. So it's May, and he doesn't care. Like, he doesn't give a shit. She's complained about it and whatever. And he's like, nope, this is what I'm doing. Live with it. Anyways. So it's May 10th, 1996, and Beck Weathers and his team had just spent the last three months working their way up Mount Everest. Uh, the team is being led by an experienced climber from New Zealand named Rob Hall. And Rob's already completed all seven of the summits, and he's made it to the top of Everest five times at this point. Well, yeah, anybody named Rob can do anything. <laughs> we'll see how Rob makes out. Um, <laughs> well, he's already competed everything. He doesn't care now. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so th that morning Rob says, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to make it to the summit. And everybody of course is like, well, this guy obviously knows what he's talking about. He's done this a bunch of times. Let's do this. Right. So on this morning, it's, there's about two dozen climbers and they left camp four and they start making their final push to the highest point on earth. During the last three months, the team had been acclimatizing themselves to the extreme cold and low oxygen levels. So they started this like three months ahead of time, but they're making their way up slowly. From what I can gather, there's like camp one, camp two, camp three, camp four, and then the summit. So they're at camp four and they're about to go up to the summit. The top of Mount Everest is 29,000 feet above sea level and the low oxygen levels can make even just walking exhausting. But here they were. They're going to do it. They're going to reach the top of Mount Everest. But here we go. Like it hasn't been done before. <laughs> you know what? When I was looking at some of the pictures, I guess when everybody reaches the top, they want to put a flag of their country up there to represent or whatever. There is just this heap, like this giant heap of flags on top of Everest. It looks so gross. It's so tacky. It makes me angry. Because we went up there and littered. Yeah. 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 Anyways. Um, so there's an area on Mount Everest that they call the death zone. Oxygen is so thin in this area that it's like running on a treadmill and breathing through a st straw and the human body will just start to shut down vital organs to live. So your, your organs will basically go into st extreme survival mode and they'll be like, okay, not all of us are going to make it here. So what can we live without? So maybe your digestive tract will shut down. But in the case of Beck, he had had corrective eye surgery years before. And so he had some like scar tissue around his eyeballs and his body was like, all right, eyeballs gone. So he can't see anything. He's like, he can't see more than two or three feet in front of his face. They didn't think about putting an oxygen pack on the back? They, had, they all had oxygen. The only people that I, I did a little bit of researching here, the only people that can make it to the top of Everest without oxygen are the Sherpas. Because the Sherpas are from there and they're like used to having the low oxygen levels and they can live, I guess. Well, that's impressive. Yeah, I thought so. What about the people that do the really deep sea diving and they have to limit their oxygen? I wonder how they would do. Yeah, I don't know. I What I was trying to find out uh, just for my own curiosity is what happens if one of those Sherpas goes down to like normal, normal uh, sea level? Do they become a superhuman? <laughs> I 
<laughs> or does it, does it mean, you know what I mean? Like if they can function with that low of oxygen, what happens when they get full oxygen? And their lungs probably explode. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there'll be a survival story. You'll tell us how a lung exploded <laughs> and pierces of the bone went flying across and stabbed some other guy in an eyeball or something and how they all survived. No, none of that. <laughs> <laughs> so Beck tells Rob about his condition and Rob says to Weathers, okay, you're going to sit here. You're going to wait for me. Promise not to continue climbing the mountain. Just sit and wait. I got to take the others up to the summit. They're not going to stop for you, whatever, right? And so that's what he did. He sat down and he waited. Several other groups passed Beck on their descent and asked if he wanted to join them on their way down. But Beck declined and waited for Hall like he promised. But Hall would never return. Upon reaching the summit, a team of the a member of the team became too weak to continue, and Hall refused to abandon him and chose to wait. And ultimately, froze to death, waiting for the other man to become well enough to continue. And Hall's body remains on that mountain to this day. Um, oh yeah, it's probably littered with bodies, eh? Where people can't reach. Over two hundred bodies. If you die up there, you're left up there. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It, there's so many bodies up there and they don't deteriorate because they're frozen that people use them as landmarks. So they're like, okay, so when you see John Smith, you know that you have to go to the right or whatever. I don't know what they're doing, but they, yeah, they actually use them as landmarks. Take a left at old Bill's <laughs> yeah. barnacle arm. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go straight up to Rob. And he'll, uh, he'll be the one with the foot in the air. <laughs> Yeah. And then you take due west from there and you'll hit the summit. Right. Yeah, I know how to do that. <laughs> um, so a few hours of waiting later, a big storm, these big storm clouds start coming in. And within seconds, Beck was in the middle of a crazy blizzard. The winds were blowing at 115 kilometers an hour, pelting him with torrential waves of snow. And the temperatures with the wind chill was minus 75 degrees Celsius. So almost like being in Canada. Like, this does not sound like a good vacation to me. Why? would I don't understand why people want to do this. This sounds like hell. Well, it's the adventure of it, though. It's the thrill. It's saying I've done it, right? I guess, but I just... I mean, it's it, there's, there's only... A, I mean, even though there's two or 300 bodies up there, like how many have actually made it to the top and can yeah. say they've done it, right? It's one of those... I don't know. Yeah. It's one of those competition things. I wouldn't personally do it, but I understand it. It's yeah. like wanting to play football when the and when the, the Super Bowl and you want to you know you want to win the Stanley Cup, right? That's your no matter how much you beat your body up and get skates <laughs> slashing your hands and, and breaking bones and stuff, right? It's that's I, their Super Bowl. I guess it is. It just it doesn't sound like any degree of fun to me at all. It's probably and then they also get that high, right? They they there's that that achievement high that you get off of it, right? And then you want the next high. It's also like being bit by the traveler bug, right? You go travel one spot, yeah. That's then true. all of a sudden it's oh, I want to go here and I want to go here, right? And it's yeah. it's it's all the same type of endorphins, I'm sure. So I should say that while uh, Beck was waiting for Rob to come back down, some other groups of climbers went past him and said, "Do you want to come with us?" You already said that. Oh, okay, but did I say that? Um, the See, one group. Listening. The one group said. Okay, Rob's not coming back down. He's up there with some other guy. But one of your other members of your teams is coming. He's right behind us. <clears throat> so he decided to wait for that guy, for the rest of his team. Like, But the, one of the guys was the leader of the rest of his team, and, and they were coming. So he waited for them. 
So when they get there, the, his now leader is named Mike Groom, and he's from Australia, and he ties a short rope from himself to Beck. And they're all trying to back, get back to the camp together. Because, but because of the whiteout conditions, the crazy-ass winds, and the lack of oxygen, they were eventually forced to stop and set up tents for shelter. They said it was like being lost in a bottle of milk, and they almost walked off the side of the mountain at one point. That probably wouldn't have been fun. <laughs> no, no. They huddled together for warmth. And finally, there's a little lull in the storm. So Groom told... So there's six of them at this point, and Groom tells the other five men who are nearly unconscious to wait for him to return with help. I shouldn't say men; one of them's a woman. I don't. At least one of them's a woman. Um, a few hours later, help arrived, and three of the five were led back to the base camp. But Beck Weathers and a Japanese climber—this is the woman I was talking about—named Yasuko Namba had fallen into a hypothermic coma and were unresponsive. Rescues, rescuers tried had to make the tough decision to leave them there and they had no way to be able to drag their unconscious bodies down the rest of the mountain without risking their own lives so Beck and Yusuka were left there for dead on the mountain Beck at this point is only 300 yards from the camp but because of the altitude distance it might as well have been 300 miles so Beck laid there all night on his back slowly freezing to death Hypothermia set in, frostbite set in on his nose and both of his hands, and his body just continued to shut down. The next morning, two Sherpas came from the camp to check on Beck and Yasuko. They chipped the ice off of both of their faces and found that both of them were still breathing. What? <laughs> yes. Come yes. on. I know, it's crazy. But they were both severely frostbitten and as close to death as a human can be. So they still can't get them down. So they're like, well guess we're still leaving you here and they left them there you can't get a helicopter up to that altitude to where they were um and they once again made the tough decision to leave them there so the sherpas went back to the camp and reported the death of weathers and namba and fellow climbers called beck's wife to tell her that her husband had died but back up on the mountain Beck opens his eyes. Hell no, I yeah. won't go. Hell no, she's not getting everything. I want half. <laughs> he said that he saw his wife and his kids standing in front of him, and he decided at that point that he really wanted to live. And this was his quote. I was lying on my back in the ice. It was colder than anything you can believe. I figured I had about three or four hours left to live, so I started walking. All I knew was as long as my legs would run and I could stand up, I was going to move forward to that camp. And if I fell down, I was going to get up. And if I fell down again, I was going to get up. And I was going to keep moving until I either hit that camp, I couldn't get up at all, or I walked off the face of that mountains. So he is now completely blind in one eye, which had been swollen shut by the cold. And the other eye, he can only see one to three feet. His entire body is numb, and he had altitude sickness, which ma is making him delirious. I guess it can make you kind of stupid. Well, it's <laughs> probably the same as um, when you go diving, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, it would be the same, Almost I'm sure. Yeah. Thing. yeah. Um, but he gets himself up, and he's able to st stumble the 300 yards to the camp. So imagine how surprised everyone must have been to see him zombie walking into the camp. Yeah, no doubt. Good thing nobody <laughs> shot him in the head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it started! <laughs> Beck says, 
Initially, I thought it was a dream. Then I saw how badly frozen my right hand was, and that helped bring me into around a reality. Finally, I woke up enough to recognize that I was in deep shit, and the cavalry wasn't coming, so I better get up and do something about it myself. So Beck was treated for hypothermia and frostbite, and then helped back down to the Camp 3, and the second highest altitude helicopter rescue in history was performed. He went home... He lost both of his hands and his nose to frostbite. So this is kind of interesting. They reconstructed his nose with skin grafts from his neck and his ear, and they grew his nose on his forehead. Yeah, I've seen stuff about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then once... And his, I see like an ear being grown on a cheek and stuff. Yeah, yeah, so once his nose was grown, they planted it where it should be, and it actually looks pretty good. I'm surprised. It doesn't... You know how you see some people that have reconstructive surgery, and you're like, hmm... No, it actually, it, they did a really good job. You're going to put this on Instagram, right? Yeah, yeah, I will. So everybody can see the nose job? <laughs> yes, I will. Um, Beck says that his near-death experience saved his marriage because he came back a new man. And he wrote a book and became a motivational speaker. And a, a best-selling book was written about the expedition called Into Thin Air by John Krakauer. Five people died on Everest that day in one of the greatest tra tragedies in the history of Everest. So they say what made it so bad that they, just that storm the coming storm, through or yeah. whatever, and nobody knew the storm was coming? Nobody I don't, did. like, you would think they would know, but it doesn't. Well, this it one you got like, such experienced guides up there. Like, it wasn't like my guy who decided to go up there with a spring jacket. Yeah, a, no, a you would think like, they would have seen it all... coming, but they, I don't know, they were all caught off guard. I was reading a little bit, too, about... Um, what was I saying? Altitude sickness, right? A lot of people die of altitude sickness and it's because there's so many visitors to Everest that they have to wait in these like long lineups to get to the sun up, summit. So they don't account for that when they're calculating their oxygen tanks, that they're going to be waiting in these hour long lineups to get to the summit because there's other people up there. How many people? Eh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was surprised by that. Yeah. Cause like I get winded just walking up the stairs to go to bed. I'm, a, I'm not climbing mountains. Well, there's so many people that go there that there's over 8,000 kilograms of poop are left on Everest per year, and it's getting to be a serious environmental and health problem since it freezes and never breaks down. Well, shut it down then. Right? That's the easiest solution. Because <laughs> I and they there's oxygen tanks like it's just becoming like this trash. Big, yeah. 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 I don't know. Shut I was down. I was really. Happy. At what point in time do you have to do you have to say okay enough's enough? And right. To like preserve? it's it's been done like you're not going to be the first person that climbed everest you're not going to be the 5000th person that climbed everest right so yeah anyways in well. 2015 they made a movie and i put this in for you because beck was played by one of your favorites josh brolin josh brolin is not one of my favorites <laughs> he killed half the population <laughs> thanos plays beck <laughs> figures <laughs> Now we know why he's so upset and angry and turned purple. He was cold. <laughs> that must be it. <laughs> now I figured it all out. So Thanos actually wasn't purple. It was just he got stuck was, on Everest. It was, it was frostbite. <laughs> it was frostbite. <laughs> that explains everything. Wow. That's it? That's your story? That's my story. It's so short. It's short and it's like tame yeah <laughs> i'm not my story <laughs> you guys are probably not gonna have like you're not gonna have to put up with this very long today it looks like all <laughs> yeah. our stories are kind of short <laughs> i don't know we had a very busy weekend we were hauling logs out of a 
a woods with our trucks and yeah. uh, we were <laughs> we were rednecking it <laughs> yeah we were rednecking it hauling logs out of the woods and four by four and we were uh, <laughs> yeah in london uh looking at uh watching some rallies and uh some of the trucker stuff that was going on and finding out information about that and yeah listening to all the different viewpoints without actually getting angry was kind of weird yeah, you know was, we could was, listen to people talk about wearing a mask and people not wearing a mask and and i didn't have to punch anybody it was yeah. weird we could all just talk it was it's like this weirdly weird it's interesting huh? yeah it was, it was interesting that you can actually do that it's uh it boggles my mind how some people can't just you know whatever anyways i'm not gonna get into it no. um so yeah i guess it's my turn now hey eh? it is so so my episode 13. yes mine are very do short do you know that if we get to if we get to next week and make an episode, we have officially became um, the top fifty percent? Well, because fifty percent of podcasts quit before episode fourteen. Really? Yeah. I know why. Why? Because they're probably in a fight with their wife. <laughs> what if they're not doing it with their wife? Well, I don't know. It's probably their work wife. I don't know. <laughs> But it's probably because they're telling evil stories and not survival stories about cookies. <laughs> Anyways. Wow, that's it. That's interesting. We'll see if we put on episode 14 then. Yeah. Do you have we... plans? I have plans. I have plans. Okay. I guess we'll be here for episode 14. Yeah. I mean, we're already top 100 in Switzerland. So. <laughs> yes, I'm sure we are. I got a damn email. Stop taking that away from me. Switzerland. Switzerland's like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> one person listens one person they're like you're in the top 100 i only found you by mistake <laughs> talk to my friends about you and they're like who <laughs> maybe there's only five people in switzerland i don't know that have radios i'm, I'm pretty sure that's not a thing <laughs> um, no. this is true probably not how much cheese and chocolate do you think you could have if we got popular oh, in Switzerland? It would be so good. You, so I hope good. Switzerland gets on board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you want Switzerland? I have this strong thing. I want to do a Graham Norton show. I don't know why. I just want to meet Graham Norton. Where is he? England. Oh. He has like the my favorite talk show. If anybody has not wants to see a cool talk show, go check out Graham Norton. And he's not paying me to say this. Yeah. I really, that's just my, it's on my vision board. Yeah. Trying to be on Graham Norton in five years. That's my plan. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but some way, somehow. Anyways, I digress. So here we go. Winter is now here. The snow has come. So last episode, we were wondering if we were going to get hammered or not. We, we got hammered. Damn, we did. And we're getting hammered again. Yeah. So welcome to Canada. You can wear a t-shirt last week and now we're back into insulated coveralls. Yeah, we're on it. We're on Everest. So, you know, the plows are out and people are stuck in their driveways or in the ditch or wherever. But, you know, we're now coming to the end of January and this is where the the cabin fever sets in. This is where most yep. people get the blues and they're, they don't know what to do. And they set out on dumb adventures. <laughs> they set out on dumb adventures. Well, they don't set out anywhere. That's the problem. Oh, okay. So these ones are uh, they're cabin fevers. They're... They're stuck at home. You know, you and I, like, we're not big winter people. We don't no. go out. I mean, we'll go out. Like I said, we're out hauling logs, helping a buddy yeah. out at his farm. We usually do a winter fire or two throughout the year. But we set up game nights. Like, we do try to, yeah. to get out. Yeah. Um, we check out the new catalog for clothes because we know we're going to be a size bigger come summer <laughs> yeah. and stuff. So, you know, we, we, have, we, we keep ourselves busy, but not like people have snowmobiles and skiing and people that kind of love that stuff that are athletic and what I like to deem crazy. Yeah. Um, 
Yes, Robillard, I'm talking about you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyways, so we do stuff like that. But for the most part, we're just kind of hanging out at home and, and uh, taking the dogs out, hibernating and waiting. So uh, the couple in my first story have decided that huffing epoxy is a good way to pass time. No, that's never a good time. No, it said so. It said <laughs> so right in my... It's never so. a good way to pass time. Yeah, it said so. I read it. It said huffing epoxy. Yeah. Now, even though these guys huffed epoxy and did all this stuff, they still had some strong moral values. So they were engaged. It was an engaged couple. Okay. But they thought it was really, really bad to have a child mm -hmm. before they were married. So they had that Christian belief of, you know, a child out of wedlock. How about not having a child until you kick the huffing epoxy habit? <laughs> okay. That might be even a good idea too. However, let's give them credit for something. Okay. All right. So they're at home. It's winter. They're getting the blues. They're huffing their epoxy. They're making love, having sex. And then all of a sudden they run out of condoms. Okay. So they don't have any condoms. So now, but they really want to have sex, right? But they don't want to take the chance of having a child. So being the mature, responsible people that they are, Johnny goes and gets epoxy and puts it all over his nether regions. What? Yeah, epoxy. Why? Because it will seal and they can't get the... No. Yeah. Yeah. This is why you don't have epoxy, people. <laughs> <laughs> so he puts this on, lets it harden until he thinks he's okay, and then they make love. And it works. It works. Until the next day when they find him dead in the bushes. <laughs> Apparently. Both of them. No, just, just him. him. Uh, yeah, with organ failure and backing up of fluids and everything else. So apparently we have, a, we have all these holes for a reason yeah i couldn't get it off couldn't get the hole oh Things my god couldn't drain properly and come out like they were supposed to and uh, they found him i don't know what he was doing in the bushes though they never said why maybe trying to drag his ass to the emergency room <laughs> i don't know why wouldn't you wake up your fiance i then? don't know i don't know there's Anyways. so many questions about this story. <laughs> i so know many. and there's so many left that's the problem <laughs> like how did we get into the bushes how did you know it was hardened enough yeah I don't know. <laughs> like when it didn't come off, why didn't you go get it looked at? Like yeah, or grab a sander or something. <laughs> oh God, I can see why you didn't maybe grab a sander. <laughs> well, I mean, like sandpaper or something, and kind of I don't know. Take the tip off, do something. Oh, oh my God, I think that pain would be a little less than you can dead. See the way that he's motioning. <laughs> If you don't know how I'm in motion, take a plunger, write your name on it, and then try to get the name off with sandpaper. <laughs> then you'll know how my motions work. <laughs> and you'll also know how fast you can take your name off. Ken, we're talking to you. <laughs> Why do you bring up people's names? We were playing, by the way, <laughs> that was at a, uh, what was that called? That was at a buck and doe game. Dough, yeah. So if you're having any buck and doe ideas, yeah. that's a great one. The, whoever got their name off of the sand... The, the plunger fastest won the prize off the handle so yeah. it's a wooden handle yeah. and you have to yeah. anyways so yeah make sure that if you uh, run out of condoms that maybe you try something i don't know like saran wrap or something mm. or or just don't yeah yeah i don't know <laughs> Figure out other ways of enjoyment i feel like there were some brain cells already way gone well, at that point yeah yeah they i mean they were huffing epoxy yeah yeah so i mean Anyways, uh, yeah, like probably a lot better things you could do. Yeah. Like, how about this one? Number two. Okay. Segway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what else do we do when we're bored? Eat. Yes. 
that. Did yes, I guess right? You did. <laughs> I knew that was going to come up. We nom 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 nom. <laughs> well, that's what exactly what our next award winner did. So Johnnyette, yes, Johnnyette. This was a female. Okay, I thought we were calling her something else. I don't know. We talked to Emma. I don't know. I went with Johnnyette today. Do you know why I went with Johnnyette today? Why? Because my story. <laughs> So there. <laughs> Anyways, uh, she was a model. So now what does not go together with models? Food. Why? Because we still have this really stupid idea in society that models have to be a zero. Well, not so much anymore, but yeah, it's there's still that stigma, but I think it's starting to come around. And I actually wrote that in here. I think the chain, times have changed yes. and it is getting a little bit better and, and, yeah. and they are... I think uh, Dove had a really good woman's movement for a long time there, showing yeah. that you, you can be plus sizes and yeah. all that stuff. And I think it's great. I think it's amazing, um, especially having two daughters yeah. to have that self-esteem that they don't think they have to go out and starve themselves and, and what a healthy weight looks like. Right. Uh, well, we were watching that movie a couple days ago. What was it? Under Siege. And the model there, she was like... She was so skinny. I was like, this was what was considered beautiful back then. Now people would be like, where is her ass? Yeah, she had, yeah, she was, she was, uh, yeah. And that was like, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. and, that, and still some of that stigma, the stigma, oh, stigma. thank you, <laughs> is around, um, you know, and, and, and stuff. But I mean, you're seeing more and more now and, and, yeah, and all that stuff. So, I mean, hopefully the change is good. And, and I don't care what size you are as long as you're healthy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Healthy, yep. healthy is what's beautiful, right? Yeah. Knowing that you're, you're healthy and, and, and you're functioning and things are going well. And I don't care if you're in a wheelchair. I don't care if you don't, you know, healthy is just beautiful. Yeah. It is. And that's all it is. Right. And I've seen, I, I watch the TikTok videos of these girls out there. There's one girl that comes on there. She's hilarious and she's got no legs, no arms. Absolutely stunning girl and funny as shit. She is hilarious. <laughs> I would marry that girl in a heartbeat if I wasn't married to you. Oh, you're lucky you followed that up real fast. <laughs> she wouldn't yeah. have me anyways. <laughs> and she'd look at me and go, no, <laughs> I have standards. <laughs> anyways, um, no, it's just funny. Absolutely, uh, absolutely, she's hilarious. So, anyways, our model decides that she's got some time off. Um, industry's down a little bit. She's not getting the gigs or anything like that. So she decides she's going to eat. Okay. Which is good. Eating yep. is good. Eating is good. She decided, however, to eat 19 pounds of food. Oh, she was uh, a binger. In one night. And oh, no. she ripped her stomach apart and died. Oh, that is an eating disorder, a bad eating disorder. She's obviously binging and purging. But that, like, I mean, there's people out there that binge. They binge yeah. and then they they purge and stuff like that. But they know not to eat that much food, right? No, like, you she ate 19 ate, pounds. Like she ate steak. She ate eggs. She ate cheese. Oh. She ate a bunch of fruit. She ate like. Uh, tons and tons of milk she drank like it was all just and i get the binging like i understand what yeah, you're saying and yeah. stuff but that just to me seemed like i didn't even think it was feasible first of all no. to, to rip well, especially since she was probably a tiny girl to begin with well yeah absolutely right and then um yeah but you know i mean like remember the monty python um skit where the guy keeps eating and then he explodes and yeah stuff? <laughs> yeah like i honestly thought that's that was funny because it's it, impossible like, well look how big some people get like even myself right I'm 330 pounds, right? Yeah. Like I expand. Yeah. I was yeah. 200. Yeah, but there's, you didn't do it all in one sitting. Well, I get that, but I'm saying that, you know, and there's people that get into yeah. the thought, like, you know, we mean we kind of expand, we're a little bit elastic and stuff, and I get what you're saying, but 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 I don't know, man, 19 just ripped her apart. Yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah, she... That would uh, be an awful way to die. So she, yeah, so she uh, ripped herself apart, 
Um, and I looked it up and there's actually several people that have died this way. It's very really? uncommon. Um, your esophagus rips off. Um, they've had that and the stomach rips open. You'd uh, think you'd throw it up before it got Well, you think you'd way. stop. But yeah, like yeah. you think there'd be some, like there's got to be some kind of gag reflex. Yeah. Like I know even when I'm eating and I'm like indulging in ice cream where I could sit and eat two liters of it at one point in time, I go, ah, I think I've had enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, this doesn't taste good anymore. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. She was able to get through that. And, but the other thing is over 600,000 people have died from heart disease which they really, really track down to our food choices and the way we eat and what we digest and Only stuff. Only 600,000 people have died from heart disease? Yearly. Oh, yearly. That yearly. makes more sense, yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, even though it's heart disease, I know it's something that we should really, I mean, even myself, right? I try to, trying to watch what I eat. I was big on Coke, right? I mean, I would drink what, six, <laughs> not seven? Co not Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Coca <laughs> six or seven cans of uh coke a day right like yeah. seriously bottles of it um was so i've tried to cut that back and everything like that but yeah absolutely outstanding and the end of my stories they're so short yeah that, well that's it sometimes they're long and sometimes they're short i guess yeah well i think the problem is with these a lot of times you do the research with them right so i get the research and the facts behind yeah. i was not researching putting epoxy on your penis i wasn't doing it <laughs> I just the pictures, that's, that's the pictures that yep, you would have. That's where I stopped. Yeah. I just stopped. I said, you know what? If you really want to know, you're more welcome to Google it. I'm not Googling I'm, that. I'm sure there's some sort of artist out there doing it as like pieces of artwork. Yep. Don't care. Not doing it. You guys want to find that facts out? You're on your own. That's where I draw the line. I got a lot of facts for you guys. Not, uh, uh, not happening. So you start taking that stuff out and, and facts and stuff. And then yeah. even the stomach. Uh, well, and a lot on, of right? the times, like we both had short stories, but a lot of the times we kind of offset each other. So, yeah. And you usually tell me, Hey, my story is short. So I'll make them a little bit longer. And this time we just weren't talking to each other because you're, you're kind of a jerk. <laughs> Whatever. You're, you're, she's off wine people. She's, she's being a little bit of a jerk. Okay. Like I, I need help. <laughs> Anybody's listening, send help. Stop it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so this is our call to action. So yep. we've got some new listeners out there from the paint shop that I've heard. So that's awesome. Yeah. I hope you guys Welcome are enjoying thank it. Thank you. Welcome and thank you. Uh, we've also got some new listeners from other places. Didn't you say Ukraine yeah, or something? Yeah, the Ukraine's new for us. That's a new country. So Ukraine, if you're listening and you enjoy us, thank you. Tell us all your friends. Make yep. us uh, top 100 over there so yeah. we can be with you. And I hear Ukraine's big on buttery dishes, so I'm Ooh, up for that. I like yeah. You know what? You can tell we've been stuck in Ontario too long. Everything sounds great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you want to go to Russia? They're about to go to war. I could go. I could see what's yeah. going on. I got no problem with that. <laughs> They're lining up warriors and stuff. They might shoot your plane down. That's okay. Really. The Kremlin sounds great. <laughs> Just get me out of Ontario. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, anyways. Uh, if you uh, are just checking us out, make sure you tell your friends we are dead or survive. Um, and our what email, our email, email account. Whoa, I screwed that up. <laughs> I just had a Cheryl moment. <laughs> All right, that, see, that's the lack of coke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sugar deprived. Our email is dead or survive podcast at gmail.com. Send us any survival stories or anything like that. Um, my lovely wife always posts stuff up on Instagram, so you can check us out there and you can leave comments and uh, stuff there. And we also have a Facebook page if you want to go on there. Yep. Uh, other than that, I guess uh, 
it is time. Dad, dad joke time, and it's, it's a very poor dad joke. Okay. I, I actually don't even like it. He doesn't even want to tell it. But I don't even really want to tell it. But after I went through, I don't know why. I just wasn't in a dad joke, joke mood this month, this week. It's because it's cold and snowy and yucky, and nobody wants to. Yeah, I just lay in bed with nothing, the covers over their head. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, anyways, what is the greatest brown ba- breaking invention of all time? Ground baking. Ground breaking. <laughs> okay, uh, the shovel. You are correct. <laughs> See how bad it was? She guessed it. <laughs> Anyways, everybody, that's our uh, podcast for today. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope yes. it keeps you awake on these snowy roads if you're yes. listening to them, do them on the way into work. Yes. Hope you guys Thanks all arrive safe us. home and on your way to work, wherever you're going. Hope you're safe. Yeah, and we yeah. will see you in a week. Goodbye.